let's go ahead and get into it. Let's just tell it like it is. Red Bull is back to business as it seems, although not quite as dominant as we're accustomed to seeing. All right. But they are back to business. The car did look good. It looked very stable. At least Max Verstappen looked very happy with the car. Uh, less or no complaining from Perez as far as the car's handling like in they like they had in Singapore. So I, I would imagine Red Bull are going to be not only on pole tomorrow, but probably have a race win. Now, I will say this. McLaren still looked good. Mercedes looked a bit troubling. But as Mary said in her super chat, we know Mercedes to kind of bring their car and their development around through the course of the night or the course of the day given this situation and they probably will improve then so let's go ahead and take a look at some of the results from fp1 and fp2 now keep in mind perez didn't have an old floor fp1 while max verstappen had a new floor in fp1 then shortly after that, entering into FP2, both drivers, I believe, had the same floor. So the same floor Max Verstappen had, Perez had. What that was really about, I don't know. And maybe it does lead to what many of you already had considered and thought about as far as Red Bull having the situation with the technical directives in their floor. Now, we saw this before when Perez was running a different floor than Max at one time earlier in the season and Perez was given that and they said they didn't have an update for Perez so they had to give him an old floor and it was this whole situation going on so it's not the first time with Red Bull but it is what it is but as you see right there in FP1 leading Sainz by at least six tenths all right leading Sainz by at least six tenths in FP1, nor still third. So I am believing that that car has indeed come around. It's going to be very interesting to see what Norris does in FP3 and even Quali as that McLaren car has pretty much done well. Big shout out once again to Oscar Piastri signing an extension, a new contract to 2026, the same year that regulations change, which probably is a very beneficial thing for him. We'll see how that goes. But as you see right here, Max Verstappen, of course, top of the charts. Well, of course, back to business, top of the charts, leading that. And then you'll go over to the 11th position. You'll see Perez at this point in time. He has the old floor equipped. He's about one and three tenths, one second, three tenths behind his uh, competitor. Well, not competitor, his buddy, not even a buddy because they're not buddies con considering what's been going on. But his fellow driver in the Red Bull team. OK, but if we go over here also, you see Albon again in the top 10 in that Williams car. Also, right right here, you'll see that we're going to go. We're going to talk about this situation with this curb and what I actually do like about this turf that they have laid right there. I think it's I think it's a medium from what I actually wanted to see versus sausage curbs and what could indeed probably keep drivers being a bit more honest from exceeding track limits. We'll see Liam Lawson right there in P9, but Sonoto, as many people have tried to disrespect Yuki, and I don't know when you all are going to get enough of just disrespecting this man when he's improved this season. Yuki has improved to me, a good amount, okay? We saw Yuki last season, very irate over the radio, uh, almost seeming unstable. I'm not talking about mentally, but just unstable as being able to control his emotions when things took place and cursing over the radio. We curse here, but he, Yuki dropping unseen amount of F-bombs and also maybe his driving not as 
crafted as they would like. Mary Beanie says, Jay, I know you're like me. I haven't been to sleep. You know that. And I, and I can tell you this. Mary Beanie's one person I know. If I'm up late, she, I've always seen her pop up when I go live. And it's hella late. Like when I, I mean, hella late, hella early. One, two in the morning. If I, I know I won't be alone, Mary Beanie will be there. Okay. So that situation with Yuki is is coming out well. And I know Lim is doing good coming in. But let's, let's keep some respect on Yuki's name. He's been that driver to hold AlphaTauri afloat within context of where they are this season. The only driver up until Lim in Singapore to bring home points in multiple races, missing just out on points in a few other races just outside of that top 10. He probably could have had at least two more extra points. I don't recall which Grand Prix exactly, but I know at least two other Grand Prix just outside of the top 10. He could have collected those points, would have, could have, should have. If it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk and it didn't happen. Lim, definitely credit to Lawson coming in uh, P9 and FP1, definitely getting points in Singapore, definitely doing a far better job at this point in time than Danny Rick or Nick DeVries and the AlphaTauri car, which has been troubled throughout the season, maybe coming along now. Next season, they will have the Red Bull RB19 hand downs, and we'll see how that does for them and also see how their livery launch goes. Stroll uh, capping off that top 10 at the bottom right there while Alonso in six. I definitely think that if Aston Martin are going to move smarter from here, I think Aston Martin need to split the FP3, or they should have split FP1, FP2. They should have gave uh, Felipe FP2, gave Lance. If you're going to still pride him as your number two driver, although I really believe Felipe should be in this car by this point in time, Aston Martin, if you're going to go ahead and you're still going to say you're going to rock it out with Lance, at least buy some insurance okay it left you out on the wind in the last race when lance wrecked it out and was unable to medically continue that race had you split it and let lance get fp1 let uh drogovich get fp2 let lance come back in fp3 and maybe maybe the incident doesn't even happen who knows but at least you would have had felipe in the wings and able to take that other aston martin out on track and who knows maybe even collect those last few points or at least be where you're going to be anywhere with lance because lance is not doing much for you so i was a little bit disappointed to see that they didn't bring felipe out there in fp2 and then you know bring lance back fp3 given what lance has really done which is not much all right so Perez in 11 Gasly in 12 Russell and Hamilton in the bottom section right there well kind of mixed in mid mid pack bottom of the mid pack before they really start falling to the backpack which Hamilton is leading the backpack right there uh, just in front of his old teammate Valtteri Magnuson and Sargent doing what he typically does being no Sargent at all and then Joe bringing up the rear for Alfa Romeo right there as they've been troubled most of the season now keep in mind Perez got the new floor right Perez gets the new floor in FP2 all right he gets the new floor in FP2 well in FP2 we'll see that there is an increase in his race pace but not enough to where I would have said, wow, okay, because he's still fairly behind his teammate by at least a second, only three-tenths minus from the old floor to this new updated floor that he supposedly got in FP2. Meanwhile, Max Verstappen sitting up top, but what you do see as a difference, realize in FP1, Sainz was six-tenths behind. We come here in FP2, and Leclerc is only three-tenths behind. Cutting that down, Sainz only minus a tenth right there, not really having much more pace in FP2. Maybe this will not be his circuit. Maybe this track does not suit 
him as well as it will suit Leclerc. Maybe this might be Charles's time and his opportunity to shine and get on podium. And maybe uh, I think the race win might be a little bit out of grasp. That opportunity was happening in Singapore, and I don't believe that's going to happen any other time in the rest of this calendar race calendar. So at least podium, possibly a Ferrari two and three. Let's keep in mind. We do know. Okay. Let's, let's, let's put some respect on the names. We do know that Mercedes are very good at developing, not only through the course of the season, but overnight, as far as them putting their heads together, getting the car tuned and dialed back in to try to at least make it as optimal as possible. And we've often not, more often than not have seen Mercedes make a jump from FP2 to FP3 and then even qualifying. So you can't count Mercedes out. They will indeed be there. I know it looks very sus right now, especially with that huge split between Russell and Hamilton. But let's keep in mind and let's just be honest. Hamilton is the better driver out of the Mercedes team. He's likely the best driver on the grid without the best car. Let's just keep it real. Max Verstappen is the best driver on the grid with the best car on the grid. But Lewis Hamilton is the best driver on the car, the grid without the best car. If he had the best car, he would be the best driver. Statistically speaking, this season, statistically speaking, this season, overall, I still consider and believe that Lewis Hamilton is the best driver on the grid, period. But without that car, statistically, it doesn't hold much water. So right now, that would be Max Verstappen. They will be back to business, and we will see what's going on. Now, let's take a look at some other things that were happening during this this race weekend. And I want you to look at the little pane below. A new camera view introduced, and I do think that new camera view is absolutely dope. I think that that is a very nice camera view. I don't know, I don't know who came up with it, but it it damn sure looks good. I can say that. It it looks very good. It's very nice. Um I think whomever decided to come up with it should get a raise because it really pulls you in. This camera view that you see right below me really pulls you in. It really gives you a feel of how the track is pulling away or you're coming up. It just really invites you in. It's a very nice view. Uh, the, the crew didn't even know what was going on initially. They they were kind of like, what the hell is this happening? And then come to find out, yes, new camera view. I posted it on my Twitter account where I had a screenshot of seeing where the camera was located. So if you want to check that out, feel free to check that out. But uh, for right now, let's go ahead and, and check out some of these um, views that I want to talk about as far as with Williams coming into the, um, the race. So what we will do, let's go ahead and take a look at this real quick and I'll show you this. So as you see right here, the Williams car having a flopping DRS wing right there. Something very reminiscent of what we saw when it came down to, I believe, Red Bull in 2020 or was it 2022? I think it was 2022. Perez had a same, a similar situation. Now, why this took place, I don't know, but hopefully they do get that remedied. And get that fixed because that's not something that you want to have going into tomorrow's, uh, today's FP3 or even tomorrow's quality. I'm pretty sure they'll get that fixed. I'm pretty sure they'll find out something was out of tolerance. Uh, something didn't have enough torque or wasn't torqued down correctly or maybe a dampener wasn't, wasn't correct. But I'm pretty sure they'll get it fixed. The other situation that or other event that we'll look into 
is the curb action in turn nine definitely was yielding some fits. And you'll see that definitely drivers not only exceeding track limits there, but really risking damage. Albon at one point in time, knowing that there has to be damage nowhere there's not. And if you see right here, you're going to see Lewis Hamilton come around here, turn nine. Also look at the nice winglet work back there in the uh, brake duct area, flow condition. Look at that. I mean, you've got to have floor damage right there. That's gotta be floor damage there's no way you're not having any floor damage right there and that's something these drivers are going to have to really work with and i do like it because it's not a sausage curve right we're not talking about a sausage curve type situation right here we're talking about a situate a situation where if you're exceeding track limits it's over but it's almost a little bit aggressive because they still have tires literally on track if you watch this when lewis hamilton comes around you'll notice his tires are still on track right there boom so it's not exceeding track limits technically but it's so aggressive there it, it really would promote them to stay on track but a lot of teams there uh valtteri i believe uh who else albon Lewis, as you just saw, even Max Verstappen had his moment. That turn nine is definitely going to be a gremlin in this race. There you go right there. There's the Alfa Romeo, almost both tires on that right side coming off of the ground and onto the turf. Now, that's what I was talking about is something that I'd like to maybe see more. If they weren't going to do grass in some of these tracks that we had talked about before where we saw an obscene amount of track limits being exceeded, I think putting in a bit of turf might not be a bad compromise. Uh, you probably would limit so much of the impact of a driver exceeding track limits by the dirt and the grass getting onto that sticky compound tire, which right, right there you see Gasly in turn nine ends FP2 session by taking it into the wall. So that gives you an example of how impactful turn nine can be if you don't negotiate with it it's not going to change in this race weekend you're going to have to negotiate that but i will say that the turf situation i think is a compromise from kitty litter or full-on dirt and grass and a sausage curb we just want to completely get rid of i think the turf is an option i think it will cause them to have a little bit of a negative impact given they exceed track limits right there you see kevin magnuson going off checking the green maybe wanting to get a golf a tee time in or whatnot but that could be something that they look to do and penalize the drivers within themselves right here if they hit turf maybe you bring it up some and yeah you're going to lose the rear end a little bit and you might even take the car out but if you're exceeding track limits then you are so they may have to move that blue area over just a little bit so that the far right tires literally at this point in time where you're going to be penalized for that by your own doing your tires off the track because right now they're slightly on the turf but there's there's enough tire there on track not to be considered outside of track limits. So maybe just adjusting that area on this track in Japan and several other tracks and then adding some turf there could be the solution so that even if you exceed track limits, yeah, your track time gets deleted, but you also are going to pay the price for doing so in any kind of marginal amount. It may be little, might be big. We don't know. But if you didn't exceed track limits, you wouldn't have to worry about it. There's enough space there, enough curb that we put there if you're on track limits you're not going to hit that turf but if you come off that track your tires on the other side of that white line or we can't see that white line your other tires on turf and you're going to have to pay for that so that's something that i think they can do as a compromise and i think that might be kind of cool to look into so other than that um 
I will say also looking at that Lewis Hamilton picture, I don't think Lewis felt really good in the car. I don't think it's something that he, I don't think he really felt that the the car was underneath him the way he would like it to have been. If we see right here, FP2, he's 14th. And then if we went back right into this uh, FP1, you'll see he's 16th. So literally just a two-spot jump. Meanwhile, Russell was in 13th position, and then Russell jumps all the way to fifth. Okay, so that's, you know, we're, we're looking to see what's going to happen. Now, some of us have known Lewis Hamilton to come alive and, and kind of go through the the progressions of FP1, FP2, FP3, and then come alive and qualifying and even more so in the race. We also know, and let's just keep it real, Lewis Hamilton had the pace on Russell in the final laps of the Singapore GP. I do believe had Russell realized that he was not going to make, I mean, Russell was comparable to Iceman in the first Top Gun. You don't have the shot. I've given you the opportunity plenty of times uh, and I and I'm and I and I do mean this and I do mean this Russell had the opportunity like at this point in time in the Singapore GP with only four laps left he becomes Val Kilmer playing Iceman and Top Gun you're sitting there with Maverick as your wingman being Lewis Hamilton you're not taking the shot you don't have the shot you need to break off give Lewis Hamilton the shot and I do think if Russell does that at least with three laps left, I, I I know that's a small margin, but I think three laps gives Lewis and us an opportunity to see if it was even possible for it to happen. He already had to pace on Russell at this point in time. Let him through. Let's see what he can do with Lando. You've had your opportunity, Russell. You have not been able to get it done. And then eventually, Russell takes himself into the wall. Lewis Hamilton is on podium. When indeed, maybe we would have seen if Lewis goes through, gets by Lando. Lando makes a mistake or has to go wide because Lewis gets on him on the inside. Then next thing you know, Russell comes through. We could have possibly seen even a Mercedes 2-3 podium. We don't know because Russell was a bit selfish in that moment. PN says his race pace is faster on the high fuel runs. Thank you very much, PM. Big shout out to you for that. Thank you for adding that bit of information in. That's why I love the fam always coming in, adding extra information in. As they're very watchful during the race weekend. I know Mary Beanie re-watches some of the free practice sessions and the races and take notes. Very People are very passionate about what they're watching. And let's get it right. Everybody's not right. Will Buxton gets things wrong on TV, worldwide television. Jolian Palmer gets things wrong. Uh, Rachel, they all get things wrong. I mean, come on. Sam Collins even gets things wrong. And it, they all get things wrong. We're not always going to be right. We're not always going to have the exact recollection of memory if we're not going back, checking the data before. But be in the ballpark. And people just people are going to find something if they can to just try to discredit or hate on you. Meanwhile, they're doing very little or nothing. So there you go. Perez also kicking up some of that turf he runs off we're gonna see what Perez does this weekend also keep in mind Red Bull do have the opportunity to clinch the constructor championship okay this weekend and we'll see if that actually happens I'm gonna be very interested to see Oscar Piastri what he's gonna end up doing especially in this McLaren and after that I mean Alfa Romeo there's really nothing to say about them they've been very lackluster and it's been very quiet about them since after the delivery lunch we heard all this talk about the rear of the car and the focus and we're coming out and it's been very dull so this season they could have not been on a grid and i don't think any of us would have known that's how abysmal their season has been so i mean i'm not hate to be a negative person not being too negative but i'm just saying that's pretty much how alfa romeo season has been had they not shown up to gps 
it probably would have been as as unnoticed as when we realized Aston Martin only like pretty through two one car out there instead of two. We would have been like, oh okay. They got to do better. They have to do better. We're going to see what they end up doing next season is they're probably just going to have the Sauber name because Alfa Romeo is going to Haas Alfa Romeo next season. And I don't know what that's going to do for Haas. I don't know what Haas is going to do with that, but we'll see what also happens with that. I'm not too, not too, um, I'm not too excited about that. As an American and them being the American team, I'm not excited at all about that. So that is what it is. And also Logan Sargent, you're on notice. Logan Sargent is on notice. I am calling Logan Sargent to the front. You are on notice. Don't mess up this weekend, bro. You're tapping on $3 million in this cost of contributing to the cost cap being to its limit. If, if it's closed, you're going to bust through it. Don't be the reason why Williams Racing doesn't finish a race with two cars. Don't be the reason. Albon has enough give and enough earned and enough cushion to do so logan you don't bro you're in an era and we talked about this yesterday you're in an era right now where teams are starting to come online starting to get these new regs down these cars are starting to perform they're gonna have to start evaluating their drives and say hey we finally got at least the car within our level of this racing grid to where we could get this Albon is showing us that we can get this. You're not. We need to look at a replacement. Alonzo is showing that we can get this. You're not. Unfortunately, they probably won't look at a replacement. Okay. Haas, what happens with them? I don't know. Nico's been the stronger driver this season. I thought K-Mag was going to beat that, but he's not. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. As far as AlphaTauri, Yuki's still that. Lawson is coming in, but AlphaTauri evidently feel very confident about Ricardo. We'll see what happens when he actually comes back into the seat. But I think Liam Lawson is going to be a very nice prospect for somebody. And I'm very interested to see what he does this weekend, seeing what he's done in the last three races. What does he do with his fourth opportunity in a GP weekend where he gets a full FP1, FP2, FP3, quality, and then the race? We saw what he did with a full package in three races. So very excited to see what Lawson does. Uh, also, Let's just go. Let's just go over this. Now, let me look at this so I can tell the drivers that I, that I want to talk about. I, I'm also interested to see what's going to go down with Ferrari. Is Sainz going to again take destiny into his own hands, pretty much, and run away and get another podium? I think the race win is very far fetched, given that Red Bull are looking as good as they are in FP2 and FP3. I don't expect them to do anything but improve upon what they already have done thus far this weekend, not last weekend. I want to see if Leclerc is going to step up. Up until this point, not really so much. As far as Hamilton and Russell, Hamilton is going to do what he's doing, what he's already doing this season. Uh, Lando and Pia, I want to see Pia improve this weekend. I would like to see Pia collect maybe a fifth if he can get on podium i would love i would like to see that i don't like to say i love anything that can't love me back i would like to see pia on podium that would be awesome because i feel right now i feel right now that oscar has shown us that he has the capability i really don't like to all to always use the word deserve okay deserving in the context of racing is almost an illegitimate word to use okay Everybody has the opportunity. The thing is, have you proven that you've used, utilized the most of your opportunity and got there? All these drivers are deserving of an opportunity and a chance to do so. Can these drivers prove that they have the capability to do so? Can they get it done? I would like to see Oscar Piastri 
take his opportunity and get it done and be on podium before the season ends. I think that will be a very good exclamation mark on the end of a statement that has been written by McLaren clinching Oscar from Alpine, now signing him to a contract till 2026. If Oscar can get a podium before the season ends, I think that'd be a very nice accolade for him uh, this season as a rookie. I think that'd be nice. All right. And it might even cause a bit of hysteria in the rest of the rookie lineups because other teams will be looking and saying, look, Oscar Piastri came in, not only brought points, but started being productive and he brought home a podium. Okay. So points, productive podium, the triple P that is what we would like to see. Okay. So just think about that. Also, I think that another situation that they're going to look into is the fact that Lawson comes in for replacement of Danny Rick three races and he's bringing home points that also could be something that makes it a bit harder on rookies coming in because other teams although they might not be performing as high as Red Bull Mercedes and McLaren and even Ferrari they're going to say our development and the other driver are doing this. Can you come in as a rookie and show us that you have the potential to be there sooner than not? Okay, so we'll see. We'll see how that's going to happen. We'll see what's going to happen. We're going to be here live in uh, about 1.45 in the morning. I'm going to go ahead and try to come on live, get ready as we enter Q1 and then Q2, Q3 and then so on. And then we'll be back, you know, one, I think it's going to be about race is going to be 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So probably around 3 a.m. We'll be here or maybe even between the race. I might go live. We'll see what happens. But just be here. We're going to be here live. Don't miss out. Don't forget off the back of these GP weekends on Monday, we have F1 Minute, the hottest live talk show in the space where the content creation includes you. You get to partake in that. So come back. I also thought right here. Oh, yeah, I want to say this. Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton and Esteban driving these RC cars. Let me say, that was indeed dope, all right? First of all, um, credit to Esteban practicing, but big credit to Lewis Hamilton still using an eight-channel radio to drive. Like I'm, I'm accustomed to using the triggers. You've seen some of the X-Max that I had, that big fifth. I think it was unscaled, but it was pretty big. The, the truck itself weighed 40 pounds that I had and went in excess of 50 miles an hour. I've also had Serpent Impact 835s, and I had a custom-built OS21 Mernin modified motor on that, and that car I had built was clocked at 95 miles an hour. I've had uh, Kyosho's. I've had uh, TC3s, all-wheel drive. I've had several. I've had uh, Mugen's. I've had regular serpents. I've had a lot of RC cars as I came up and even myself was interested in cars and all those cars I had were gas. I've only had at least maybe three electric cars in my life. I had a grasshopper. I had that X-Max that you saw and I have a remote control Pegasus when they came out with the hydraulic simulator hydraulic kit. I still have that car. Oh, also I did build a Traxxas car that I built spinner with. So I've, I've, all, I've also indulged and been in the RC world and it is absolutely fun. It can get expensive. Expensive, but I was very impressed that Lewis Hamilton driving the car using an eight channel toggle type radio versus the trigger, the gun style type. I was like, hey, man, that 
Craig, credit. I mean, but that's what he started with, and he probably just felt like I'm going to stay with that. So it was really cool to see that. A uh, very good, nice opportunity in the pit lane for them, and I thought it was really good to see the camaraderie between the drivers, especially Esteban, Lewis Hamilton, and just the way they enjoyed that time. Several drivers are enjoying their time in a very cultural country, doing some things and being exposed to a lot of culture over there in Japan, Tokyo, other places Valtteri went. So big shout out. We will be back here live real soon, so don't miss out. I already said the link for the qualifying watcher go ahead set your reminder so when i go live you know and we can go live together all right peace we'll pack out